My Family Recipe is a new podcast from Food 52 and Heritage Radio Network, bringing you cherished heirloom recipes and the stories behind them. Listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Snacky Tunes. I'm one of your hosts, Darren Bresnitz. The holidays are here, my friends. We are past Halloween. Thanksgiving is around the corner. We can't wait to roast some turkeys, eat some turkey necks, get some stuffing, and then we've got latkes and eggnog before we know it. We can't wait. It's such a great time of the year to cook, be with friends, be with family. Remember to check in with yourself and each other. Sometimes the holidays are hard, but if we're in it together, we're in it to win it. We have our favorite L.A. baking couple. Well, I would just say our favorite baking couple on the show today, Hannah Connor Smith, Gemini Bakehouse. We talk about how they met how they rose to prominence in the L.A. baking scene, how they started Gemini Bakehouse out of their house and eventually moving into their own spot with our good buddy, Tommy Brockert of The Sordids. It's a really fun episode, some really great insights of how just to get out there and hustle. And we also talk about Fam Bam Thanksgiving, which is happening Friday through Sunday, the 11, 19 to the 21st. It's their annual Thanksgiving extravaganza Stuffing, biscuits, fried turkey sandwiches, pot pies. It's delicious. It's happening. Get your orders in now. And uh, trying to beat their last year record of pies sold. They will not leave you high and dry. So get those orders in now. And then we dig deep into the New York archives for one of our favorite rock bands, Ha, huh, which played in the studio in the shipping containers. It's a real, real great performance. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy Snacky Tunes here on hrn.org. We talk about food. We talk about music. With musical dudes. Finger on the pulse. Snacky Tunes.
Connor, welcome to Snacky Tunes. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy baking schedule to sit down with us. We really appreciate it. Hey, man. Thanks hey. for having us. Thank you. Uh, and shout out to Mac, the baby in the background. Um, he He's got some uh, some real baking LA hot takes coming up in the second part of the show is what I heard. It's coming all, at you. It's all he knows as of right now. Hot takes. Um, <laughs> so as my favorite baking couple in LA, I heard a rumor that you guys met while braiding Hala overnight at Wildflower. Is this yeah. true? It is very true. And it's, we've been waiting to like tell this story because we're like, we've never, no one knows about it. And it's so cute. Um, I moved back from school and it was the first job I could find and I took it. Um, it was my first overnight shift, and I remember like walking in and seeing Connor. He was he was working the deck at the time. Um, but for the majority of our shift, I think it was like five or six hours of the shift, we would stand across from each other while like uh, portions of dough would be thrown off the table, and we would braid hundreds of hollas and mm. listen to music. A real, uh, a real Yenta moment via <laughs> via baked goods. Yeah, I, I don't think it gets much better. I mean, and you're just talking, just it's like constant small talk for those hours. Uh, yeah. Uh, hold on one second. I have to get the door for Anna. One second. Hold on. Oh, Anna. Sorry, someone's at the front door, and Anna, Anna was in the middle of motherly stuff. Oh, good. Okay, okay. Uh, let me just pick it up. Um, so while you two fell in love with each other over baking, when did you, each of you first fall in love with baking itself? Did mom, grandma, grandpa, someone in the family, what got you, uh, what got you in the kitchen baking goods 
and at what age? Well, for, for me, it was, um, I kind of, I fell into baking. Uh, I dropped out of high school when I was 16 and I was just trying to find a, uh, just trying to find a way forward, man. You know, I didn't know what I wanted to do generally speaking with, with life as a whole. And, um, I kind of got lucky enough to get this gig at wildflower, um, with a, with a group of, of people that were kind of willing to bring me on and, and teach me how to, how to do this stuff. And, you know, so initially I was just like stoked to have a job and, um, kind of just have some money coming in. And I didn't really think much of it as anything more than a job. Uh, and then when Hannah came in, so that was maybe six months after I had started working there. Um, it's kind of had a knack for it. And, um, but when Hannah came in, it was, she kind of showed me that this could be, this is more than a job or it has the potential to be more than a job, you know? So it kind of, when she came in, she was fresh out of, you know, she was in culinary school and, and was, uh, managing a bakery in Rhode Island. And she was super serious about, about the work we were doing more so than anybody else there and, and, and took it very seriously and was, um, you know, very studious when it came to her note taking and learning how to do uh, the bread productions because I was new to her at the time. And um, so that was kind of my first realization that like this, this could be more than a job, you know, like this could be, this is, this could be a career because this girl, like mm. this is her, this is her dream. You know, she wants to, this is what she wants to do and this is what she wants to do with her life. And so I really do owe, owe it to Hannah to um, kind of bring that to, to my attention that I can, I could do this, you know, and, and uh, at the end of the day, I also owe it to her that I, I wanted to to get better at it and be good because I saw how much she cared about it and how, <laughs> how much she was into it. So I was like, all right, well, if I can get fucking good at this, man, then she'll uh, maybe she'll dig me, you know. And, um, yeah, yeah, baby, I care about yeah, that release process. Yeah, yeah, let that flower hydrate. <laughs> I, well, you bring up a good point because so much – of a distinction is drawn between chef and pastry chef. And I think that's changing even as far as seeing food and wine, put a couple of pastry chefs on their best new chef list this year. Yeah. But Hannah, what drew you into this route? Cause I know that you've done savory cooking before, but what is it about baking that, you know, puts you on this path? Well, that's actually my view on pastry is to like, at least take away the divide of the pastry chef and chef mm. because the amount of pastry chefs I've worked with who don't know how to cook sure. um, is huge. And so, you know, I cooked with a, my grandparents quite a bit and baked with them. And there was never a divide of like my grandma was a pa- more of a baker or more of a cook or my papa was the same mm. way. Um, so I, I didn't like grow up with those divides that I knew that I like belonged in a kitchen. And as soon as I started to like become uh, in the pastry chef department, I was like, there doesn't need to be a divide. I should know how to season like a stock as much as I know how to season a jam. Um, so that's always been super important to me is if I'm a pastry chef at heart, but teaching pastry in a way that's not so scary or by the books. Mm, by the I books, think I mean like a, following a recipe and treating it more like um, cooking. Right, because that's the biggest thing where it's like you can freestyle a little bit more 
with savory cooking and things like that, but baking can be intimidating, especially when you get to that next level. But what I've found is that the more comfortable you get with baking, there is more. There's more flow uh, than people think. Yeah, especially when you get into hydration or when you're adding in ingredients and and a balance and things like that. Um, it's a. Uh, it's interesting that you two sort of found each other early in those baking careers, especially in LA. What yeah. were those early days like? I mean, now LA I consider a bread bakery city with no asterisk, but back then carbs were still a little bit of a no-no. So how did you guys navigate your early careers? Did you guys go along together or did you find <laughs> your own past and then come it back together? A little bit of both, you know? So, um, uh, after Wildflower, we we went our separate ways. So I left first and went to a, a bakery in Santa Monica, and I was there for a little while. And shortly after, Hannah went to Bottega, uh, Bottega mm-hmm. Louis downtown. Um, and then, um, you know, it was like at that point we were kind of – I mean, she was already well on her way and, and understanding her path and, and wanting to continue to pursue pastry. Um, and, I mean, I really – even at this point, I still wasn't super familiar with the scene or with the food in, uh, mm. with the food scene in general as a whole in LA. I was just kind of still just trying to make my way, and, and I dug the process. So I kind of wanted to keep learning about it. Um, and then, um, yeah, and then I, I followed her. She ended up getting me a job at Bottega Louis, and so she was the chef de partie over there, and I was uh, in the bread department. So it's kind of it's kind of it's funny how it worked out now because we both the way it worked out, like, I mean, I'm very much into the bread and, and vinoiserie stuff. And, and, and so I'm kind of in that little realm. And then Hannah kind of takes everything else. So we were kind of, but they are sort of their own worlds. Um, so it's worked out to this point where we kind of both are able to cover ground that the other one may not necessarily be able to cover. And so mm. together we cover a lot more ground uh, as a unit, but it really just kind of I think we both continue to pursue what we were interested in um, without sort of a, a, a design in mind, at least early on, you know, it was just, there wasn't, there wasn't any, any talks, you know, at least then of, of us opening a place or, or anything like that. It was just, just following the passion, man. You know, we just both dug what we were doing and, and just wanted to kind of keep doing it. And I just wanted to happen to be doing it near her. <laughs> bear in mind she was she got me the job and i was super stoked about it but she had like she like was not about it like i was like there and like Look, i was getting the cold shoulder for months it, the relationship at that point was wasn't uh what it is now which i had to work my way back in you know what i mean yeah, I mean, look, you crazy. you got to you got to temper that butter, man. You got to let it come, uh, <laughs> come up. You got to let it come up slowly. Um, it was it was like it was up and down there for a while, but then we um near the end of my time at Bottega, then we were in a full-blown relationship. Um and she was pregnant with twins. So she had no choice. <laughs> <laughs> got her yeah I got, her, got her. <laughs> talk, talk about buns in the oven am i right Whoa, that was our birth, birth announcement or cheesy instagram I, birth announcement. yeah it was great i remember it i laughed very much so we um to, we, we were obligated so to you're that. together as a couple and you have kids on the way and you're baking and look life was a baker life is in the restaurant industry in la is tough as it is when did the idea start to, I would say, give rise 
to going out on your own? You know, when it happened, the girls were born. The girls were born and we started this little concept. We were like, maybe let's try something. And our first thought we ever had, it was called bread and butter, which is the Mm. saying we say when you're holding hands and you let go, you say bread and butter. It's like a cute saying you say, like our grandparents said it. Mm. Um, And we started, but it never went anywhere because... We were just kind of flirting with the idea early on, but I mean, right after the girls were born... um, It was the first time I was off in 10 years when the girls were born. Right. And so, but we also like needed to pivot because like, even when the girls were born, I was at my, at that time, I was still really just a kind of a journeyman baker and and just trying to just keep things going. And, 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 you know, now we have two kids and and we needed to like, and Hannah was going to be off. So like, that's when I kind of took a pivot and like tried, tried my hand at, at, at managing. So that was my first sort of salaried gig. I sort of finagled it, you know, and, and got myself, trick somebody essentially, you know, to, uh, be, be willing to, to give me a, a, a management position. And, um, so from there, I was like, I realized that, well, I, I already knew what she was capable of because and she'd been managing and she knew how to run a kitchen, uh, pretty efficiently, especially something like Bottega, which is a monster, you know? So, right. I mean, the, the, to be able to do something as fine as a lot of the stuff is there, but also be able to do it in huge numbers. So like kind of, she had, she had already, proven herself not that she needed to but i i could see what she was capable of so it was kind of in my head i needed to figure out that if i could do that on the bread side um and so that was kind of that just dive right in and go for it and 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 learn on the job and after doing that for a few years uh i mean we get comfortable uh get comfortable running somebody else's operation and and then it starts to be like you know then you start to get the chance to to make your own stuff and try things Mm. out and, and you kind of there's there has to be kind of, there was a moment I guess where I felt that what we were capable of creating was on par with people who were out there doing the same thing you know mm. and so was, at the end of the day it was kind of like well if you know if these people can do it like we can do it if like why can't we try it you know and um, so then that's when like we started talking about it and floating the idea and you know dreaming about having our own bakery and you know the whole romantic side of it and thinking about it as like a fucking rom-com, you know what I mean? And, um, and then the, the, then the pandemic hits, man, you know? And then um, I was laid off. I was laid off, mm. but we were like in an okay spot at the time because, you know, and I could be home with the girls and Connor was still working and we decided to do, um, out of the, our little bungalow, we were like, let's do something for the Lee initiative. Let's just do a one day, Let's bake bread. We did bread and we did like a pastry box. And like, since we're in a good spot, but other people aren't, let's at least do something. Mm. And we did it in La Crescenta. And we advertised on Facebook, like a La Crescenta page that has a silly amount of followers. And it was such a success. And people were like, can you do it again? Can you do it again? And we were like, well, yeah, let's let's just do it one more weekend. And then Connor, Connor has always floated the idea of Gemini because the girls twins. Mm-hmm. Um, Love it. And what's funny is because we don't know much about, <laughs> about astrology. astrology, but 
That's not the point. That's not the point. It's Gemini, <laughs> our twins. It's got a ring Con- to it. The first tattoo I gave Connor on his finger is an eye with a diamond. So it's a, our little dad joke for you. Gem in an eye. Oh, my God. I love it. As a fellow dad, appreciate a full lifetime commitment tattoo dad joke. In Real it. next level. In it to win it. Come I mean, on. What, in a it to win it. Let, what a guy to let me tattoo his finger. I know. And so that was the start of Gemini Bakery right then yeah. and there. Yeah, right. man. Awesome. And it was it was it was cool, man. I mean, we just it was just a, it was just something to do to try to be supportive to our our coworkers, a lot of our coworkers who were who were who were being laid off and, and neighbors and stuff like that. And you know, a couple months later we found ourselves in the same position. We were both furloughed and out of a job and nothing but time on our hands and bills to pay. And so we, we just tried to go for it, man. And bought one awesome. piece of equipment at a time and slowly our dining room had a what sixty quart mixer? No, a twenty quart mixer. Twenty quart mixer. Eight foot bench. <laughs> <laughs> the whole dining room became a bakery, but we still had this little tiny oven that could fit a half sheet in it probably. Oh my God. Well, listen, we're going to take a quick musical break, and we're going to talk about starting Gemini out of your house and getting your first few wholesale clients and then eventually opening up a spot with oh, a, a good bud of ours, one Tommy Brocker of La Sordids. We have a song from the archives here on Snackatoons on hrn.org.
Hello and welcome back to Snacky Tunes. We're with Hannah and Connor Smith of Gemini Bakehouse. So you've converted your dining room into a makeshift bake prep room. And it's all fun and good to do a one-off event and help charity and that's fun. But that's not that's not a business. And, right. you know, what we found in the in the baking world is that you have a storefront, but then you also have wholesale. And wholesale is actually a great way to get the business off the ground behind the scenes because you can sort of bake anywhere, you know what I mean, with a wink and a nod. And right. um, But you need those clients. So how did you go out and get your first clients? How did you go out? And it's one thing, again, to also say like, well, we can do this. People can trust us. But how did you get other people to trust you with your with their bread program? Because for – a lot of you know fine dining places. The first bite of food that people have of the restaurant is the bread, so it's an important, it's an important moment. How did you get the people to trust you? How did you find the people looking for clients? Yeah, so I mean, really early on, um, we just cast a, a huge net, man. We just we went out and and uh, I mean, I, I have my I have most of my experiences in wholesale production, so I kind of mm-hmm. have an idea of how to at least pretend to look like a normal bakery and how that, how, how to go about that. But uh, at the end of the day, it was just like being on Instagram and finding every single restaurant, cafe, anybody that was within a, a 50 mile radius and, and writing them and saying, Hey man, like, or woman, whatever, whatever you're getting right now, we can give, we could do better mm-hmm. or the same and either beat and match the price or beat it. So at, at the end of the day, it was just, we just wanted to get our product in front of people, um, regardless of how, how, how we were able to, uh, monetize it, you know? So, um, we did that with as many people as possible. Um, and at the end of the day, because Hannah had worked at Petit Trois in the Valley as the pastry sous chef, uh, we were able to, to get our stuff, uh, in front of, uh, Ludo and the chef there at the time, which was a really cool opportunity. Um, we didn't necessarily think anything of it, you know, because that's kind of a, it, it was, was kind a of big a big fish <laughs> for us, you know? Sure. Um, but we figured, you know, if there's. If they accept one thing, like if they let us do their burger bun, that's huge for us. If they let us do their country loaf, that was huge for us. And then right. we got the email and they were like, okay, all of it. We were like, wow. Oh, okay. And so it turned into. We turned into the people just doing, we were doing 24 hours advance for our neighbors to all of a sudden doing, you know, 48 loaves for one order. It would be like 48 country, country 120 burger buns, um, ciabatta. It turned in all out of a two sheet. So we could only bake 12 buns at a time. Um, four loaves. Four but- loaves at a time. But we were just stoked to have the account, you know, so like it didn't so matter we, what it took. Like we just wanted to get our stuff out there. And um, I mean, it's just such it was a huge stepping stone for us to be able to say that we were we were supplying, you know, Petit Trois and Valley and ultimately both Petit Trois locations. Um, it kind of it helped sort of legitimize us a little bit to just being this cute little mom and pop deal going on in the foothills to, uh, you know, people start taking us a little bit more seriously because, you know, it's there's a, a real deal restaurant with a you know a pretty well known chef who was using our stuff. You know, so from from there we kind of just that was sort of our stepping stone into uh, you know creating like a, a, a real brand deal, as yeah. far as wholesale was concerned. You know, 
Yeah. No, I mean, that's great. And I think it's it's about trust, right? Because then you go like, oh, they're doing Ludo. Oh, okay. I can I can feel good about ordering them. And one begets one, another one begets one. Exactly. Um, but it's still, you're still putting in that legwork. I think it's what people don't really understand. Like you're still going out and peddling your wares uh, in, in, in like up and down sunset and around, um, which oh, also, dude, all I mean, the way to San, we were going from San Pedro to wow. the, the Santa Monica. Like we were everywhere we could be. Like we would be, we were just trying to get our stuff in front of as many people as possible, you know? And the oven did not turn off. We were taking shifts, sleeping, mixing, baking. Connor was delivering. I would wake up at three in the morning to pack the order so that he could leave and be delivering all day long on busy days. Um, it was wild. <laughs> it was wow. A wild time. Now, my other question is, when did you start to realize that the the home bakery wasn't going to cut it anymore? Because it's one thing, because your costs are low. You're just paying rent on your house. Right. But taking on a space, cooking out of there – you know, you need commitments and that's a really scary, scary jump. When did you feel confident to make that jump? I think it was, I think it was around the holidays last year. Um, so, I mean, around October, November, 2020, um, this had kind of taken on a, a life of its own, this whole Gemini as a, as a whole. And um, it was just the sort of, we kind of went into it and said like, you know, this is working to a degree. Like we're doing it out of our house. We're maxed out obviously. Um, so we're not going to be able to take on any more, any more accounts. And we're kind of have, we're at a point where we're at a breaking point uh, as far as production was concerned. And there wasn't like an extra minute in the oven. So like we were timing with the experience we have with production experience that helps us out is we could plan the oven times Mm. down to the second. So down to the temperature. So we were just out of time, out of space. There wasn't, you know, our fridge turned into just a production fridge, not, it didn't have food in it. It was just loaves of bread or uh, bats of jam. Hmm. And we just ran out of space time. We just needed, we needed, what pla- like places to put all this stuff? I mean, and so that's when it kind of decided, like, <laughs> yeah. are we actually are we actually going to do this? You know, like, sure, yeah. Are we going to do this, or are we just gonna are we kind of happy with our little thing? It's like, so we kind of had the conversation as a family and and decided that, like, you know, this is this is kind of everything we've ever wanted. It's something that we've talked about. The timing is weird because it's not like we you know we built up to it. It's kind of we just threw ourselves in it, but. Honestly, if it didn't happen this way, I don't know if it would have ever happened, you know, because there's never a right time to fucking jump into this, you know. And um, so we were just at a point where it's like, what do what do we have to lose? You know, like we were like, let's just let's just go for it. And um, we just we just dove in, man. And it's really how Connor and I thrive. If you look at our whole relationship, Mm -hmm. um, how we started, we just threw ourselves in to it with each other with the with kids it was not planned but it's been the best thing that's ever happened to us so throwing ourselves into situations we truly thrive at that that uh, just a touch of chaos you know (laughs) i mean i love it now speaking of family um 
you've opened a space with Hannah, your brother, Tommy. Um, how did that come about? Because, you know, it's, it's, it's a little untraditional running two businesses, at least that are public facing and not ghost kitchens out of one spot. Yeah. Um, well, if we're like, let's uh, the, the porch pizza hangs, we, Mm -hmm. we were helping Tommy at the time. So if Tommy needed help, like either Connor and I would go over there and help him out or go on his on-site caterings and we would do pastries with him. And we realized early on, it was a good, it was just, we all worked really weirdly well together. The dynamic was really organic. And to backtrack, so Tommy started doing his pizza pop-ups around the same time that uh, we kind of started doing our Gemini thing. And so they- mm. a, lot of, a lot of emotional, a lot of emotional late night phone calls of like, why are we doing this? But it's so much fun. And uh, can you help me out tomorrow? Can you be here at Got 7 it. o'clock in the morning? Uh, and then I think a, our first space opened up. It was very short lived, but it was definitely the first time we were like, yeah, let's, I think if we do this together, a bakery and a pizza shop really do work really well together. Got and it. I think what the pandemic showed us is that there's no rules in how you should open a restaurant. And it, it is a new concept, but it's a, so we're working all, all the kinks, but it, it will work. <laughs> yeah, that's what I liked in the silver lining, if there's anything you like about the pandemic, is that it took away any sort of stigma of how you would want to open or run a restaurant or business because yeah. it showed the system was broken. It showed that that there were different ways to do it and it also took away some of the haters um, yeah. or some people who, who would be detractors. But, you know, LA is competitive when it comes to baking. So, in you know, beyond just having good baked goods and, 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 and some relationships – what made you think that you had this competitive edge to get in the mix and to have your own bakery? Well, I think it's I think it's a combination of things for sure. I mean, I do think I do think our stuff is is top notch. I think uh, you know from our breads to our pies to everything in between, um, we're competitive in terms of the uh, the quality of product that is available in LA, and it's a you know it's a it's a deep market you know especially now. Um, but at the end of the day, it's it's. I do think that the, the, the X factor is, is Hannah and I, to be quite honest, you know, the mm. experience that we've had and the kind of how we've molded our, our, our careers has kind of led to this being the only option, you know, um, both of us are, are from a really high production, but high quality sort of, uh, background where, uh, making great product was always important, but just as important was, efficiency and, 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 and quantity because, you know, at the end of the day, it, to, to have a successful bakery, it's, you have to do just, you have to do big numbers because it's a, you know, their restaurants as, as a whole are, are, it's a low margin business. So especially with, with baked goods, it's a, you know, it's tight. So you have to do big numbers and, and thankfully for us, it's kind of our, our bread and butter, so to speak, um, doing, doing things in big numbers. And, and that's sort of allowed us to, pursue this and continue to grow while just being the two of us, um, just being efficient and getting it done and, 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 and just making good stuff, man. So at the end of the day, I really think that's kind of why that's where our, our, our confidence comes from is, is being able to 
make stuff that's just as good or better than than what's out there, but then also being able to do it efficiently and uh, uh, and 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 scale. Mm. I mean, the other thing you got to thank are the customers because in a short amount of time, you've really built up a loyal customer base, and we've always felt here at Snacky Tunes that long-term success comes from becoming a real neighborhood spot. So right. can you talk about the community response and do you have regulars already and, you know, how you've sort of built uh, a spot in people's weekly shopping or, or you know, loyal loyal locals, if you will. Oh, absolutely, man. And this stems back to, to the house. I mean, if it wasn't for the community of La Crescenta and La Cunada, the way that they sort of were just willing to sight unseen, just order stuff from us and, and, and a lot of stuff from us. And just, just for the sake of supporting a, 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 a local family that's just trying to do something, man, if, if it wasn't for them, this would have never happened in the first place, you know? Um, so we have, I mean, we have everything to owe to, to La Crescenta uh, community as a whole, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Um, they really sort of, if, if, again, if it wasn't for them, it wouldn't, this wouldn't happen, you know? And then I love it. for like our, and then it goes now that we're here in our Silver Lake spot, it was really, I was pregnant throughout the whole thing. So when mm. we opened up for our first pop-up, I think I was only three months pregnant. And as our shop grew and we did these small renovations at the, like as now the inside of our shop is finished, I was nine months pregnant and I knew I know most of the customers' names. I know what they order. I know about their kids, and like they're really truly talking to me, and I want to talk to them. And they know Connor's in the back hustling, <laughs> baking bread, and making breakfast. Um, and they know it's really us, and it's been so beautiful to see the same families. I see them walk up every Saturday or every Sunday to get their loaf of bread for the week. Um, the sense of community in Silver Lake is is really it's nice. crazy, man. I, it's it's I haven't seen the way that we were welcomed here uh, right away was just unbelievable, man. And I've I've worked for other businesses in the area and uh, kind of had a little bit of a feel for it, but man, the way people have have come and just just to like even just check in and, and see how Hannah's doing and how the baby's been and it's it's special, man. It's it's a different I don't know. It's it's made this whole process that much more beautiful it's like we're doing what we want to do and, and trying to get it done but the fact that we are really sort of sharing it with the community and and have been welcomed in and are able to participate now with with our neighbors and and it's just been it's been really special man i mean it's it's amazing and what also gets me excited is that we're coming up on the holiday season and i know you guys have a lot of special treats oh, yeah. kicking off with fan band thanksgiving um this friday so for people who haven't had a chance to taste the delicacies of a fan bam thanksgiving what's in store what's 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 going to be at the shop this week um so we have it's all a collaboration or it's like i have these weird thoughts like our stuffing biscuit we were Mm -hmm. trying to like figure out like our buttermilk biscuit, but it truly tastes like stuffing. So we're doing mm. that with a turkey sausage gravy. What? We're also doing a fried turkey sandwich that Tommy um, like sous vide the turkey. It's like it's amazing, super light and beautiful with a cranberry coleslaw. 
and our brioche bun, um, turkey pot pie. Sophia had her chicken. It's just with the turkey. <laughs> um, <laughs> ricotta toast, but with a cranberry raspberry jam. Mm-hmm. What else am I missing? I think that's it. Just a lot of good uh, Thanksgiving flavors coming at you Friday through Sunday. I love Meet it. you. Well, listen, guys, congratulations. If people want to follow, check you out, see where they can visit, um, place orders online, where can they go? They can go to GeminiBakehouse.com. You can place the orders for pickup, or you can come on Friday through Sunday now from 9 to 2 at 2847 West Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> Check us Amazing. out. Most of our stuff, uh, our, we keep the most updates happening on uh, our Instagram, at Gemini Bakehouse, uh, where you can see sort of updates and uh, specials that will be coming out for the week, particularly things like our jam, which rotates pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so usually updates like that you can find on our Instagram, at Gemini Bakehouse. We're trying to break our record of last year in our Thanksgiving pies, so we're taking those orders until mm. the Monday before Thanksgiving. So we will not sell out so we're making sure everybody gets a nice quality pie what what was the number last year 200 last year out of the house we can do it we can do it people do it we're doing we're looking for five let's do five guys for five (laughs) looking for five all right well connor hannah congratulations thank you so much we have a song from the archives and then a live performance from the archives from ha here on snacky tunes on hrn.org
Good food is worth a thousand words. This is Arthi Menon, and I'm delighted to share a new podcast with you. My Family Recipe from Food 52 and Heritage Radio Network. Adapted from Food 52's much-loved column of the same name, the My Family Recipe podcast will bring its pages to life. Each episode of My Family Recipe brings you a cherished heirloom recipe and the story behind it from voices across the world of food. We'd open these tubs of dough and they would exhaust these incredible yeasty fumes and it just smelled like nothing else. It was so intoxicating. I'll interview writers and chefs, parents and children about what's passed down along with the foods that we know and love. Chinese people aren't like born with a download on how to like velvet chicken. You know, like that's not something that just like comes to you. Listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. We are live in studio with Huh? Did I get that right? Did I say, you know. Yeah. 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 Um, A lot of familiar faces around here from uh, the past years in uh, Brooklyn. Uh, You want to go around and introduce yourselves? Yeah. um, Hey, I'm Carrie Ann. Hey. Hi, I'm Tia. And I'm Molly. I mean, the previous bands that you have all played in are like a greatest hits of like uh, the last decade of, of Brooklyn. Two of us, for sure. Yeah. She's new to town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Detroit? Detroit, yeah. Okay. What brought you to here from Detroit? I got a job at FIT. Oh. So. What are you doing at FIT? I'm a visual resources curator, which is a really fancy way of saying that I help faculty find the images and visuals that they need. That is a really good job. Yeah, so I like love you, it. you know the deep dark corners of the internet. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Like if someone needs like a walrus inspiration photo, you're like, I got you. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got it. Ted. I got and I clear the rights on it. Oh, yeah. perfect. Yeah, I okay. Hope it's soon. It'll be all good. Um, but between the you, the, Tia and Carrie, like I mean, it's seriously like I've seen you in so many different formations. You want to like run through greatest hits. Greatest um, hits. The fugue. Love um, the fugue. I mean, you can stop right there. <laughs> greatest hit of all time. <laughs> um, pygmy shrews, cleaning. Um, um, those are probably those are probably like the biggest ones. Uh, I had bad credit, no credit, um, as you know, because we were in as, here. As I know, former Snackatoons <laughs> guest. And uh, Clapper Claw, my solo project, which is still somewhat active. Um, so how did Huh, which I just mm-hmm. want to work into as many different ways as I can, uh, <laughs> come to be? Um, well, I was a huge fan of Tia. And Tia said she wasn't in a band, and I thought that was really fucked up. <laughs> so, yeah, then I remember we, we just sort of, we drank together a couple of times, and that was just obviously happening. Yeah. You know? Um, and then, like, as you kind of, like, want to move from drinks to actual songwriting, I mean, you, since you're already in other projects and you're in other projects, what is it that you feel like, you know, here's another way to kind of, like, get a voice out there, and, like, what did you want to start to say with this new project? Hmm. That's a that's a great heavy question. question. Yeah, <laughs> um, I don't know. We had a whole bunch of like different people in the band over the past like year or two, um, and I feel like it, it started out a little bit more like jokey, like pop music, and then it became less jokey pop music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, I remember pitching this to you. Like, you know, if, if nobody is out there like making music, like who's who's making our music like <laughs> for us? <laughs> Because I can't really think of anybody who's doing what, you know, I want to hear. And, like, and hear like what band. was like the, uh, like uh, you know, the infamous like um, put a P 
piece of paper on a, a telephone pole and be like, here are influences. If you're into these bands. Oh, that was fun. Uh, the, the first time we got together, I passed around a sheet of paper and had everybody write four bands or something. I feel like we all said Aerosmith. Am I remembering that right? <laughs> I, I didn't. <laughs> you are not remembering that right at all. <laughs> but Aerosmith is definitely... 70, 75% of us said Aerosmith. Uh, what were some of the other... Um, what was the other bands that were on that list? Uh, I had Dead Boys, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I remember just saying like I'm old and I'm gonna be myself, and I think the next band I put down was like Van Halen. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's like, and it's like from that list. I mean, how, can you like find those influences in your music, or was that just like a starting conversation point? I think a, a bit. It, I can hear it a little bit sometimes, um, but getting Ryan, our drummer, really changed everything too. How did how did that change things? She's got a lot of emo in her. <laughs> And uh, I think it modernized us quite a lot from our dad rock influences. Yeah, emo and like marching band shops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was like really fun to work with. I feel like I came up with things that I never would, never would have popped into my head if she hadn't been drumming. Right. Um, can we hear a song? And just for everyone, Ryan is not here. Ryan's not here. So no Hi, percussion. Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Um, we're unplugged, which we're kind of excited yeah. about. This is, this is so we were like, exciting. Now we're this all set if MTV ever brings it back. We're good. I think I they are bringing it back. I think they are too, dude. But that's so great. It, but I also think like <laughs> like that type of thing never goes away. I think like in modern day, we know that like nothing's ever like gone. It's just like someone's like, I think we can make money off of this now, <laughs> um, and then they just like dust it off. Um, what's the uh, first song you're gonna play for us? It's called Dark, and we're gonna have a video coming out um, really soon. That's done by Elizabeth Weinberg. Okay, Let, let's talk about. Let's talk. I mean, again, song, another okay. greatest, another great yeah. hit. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, Eliz, what up? Um, <laughs> all right, well, uh, here we go live on Snacky Tunes. <laughs>
I realize I've never heard the term mom rock. <laughs> uh, like you, dad rock, I mean, yeah, but like you, like mom rock, like is that is, that's not a thing, is it? Is that like yeah, the really. Indigo Girls? Or? I would think I, mom I, rock is like yacht rock. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I I really don't think I've ever heard the like like a that's a classic mom rock song. Oh, maybe we can do that. Yeah. Because, like, Indigo Girls is not, that's not like, mom rock. Maybe, like, yeah, my mom would actually kill me if she... But I but I think, but, like, <laughs> Sorry, but when mom. they, but they, like, I mean, is, I mean, Riot Girl, a lot of those Riot Girls are now moms. Right. So right. it could be that Riot Girl is just, like... Our mom? Yeah. I mean, so it's, like, I mean, just, just to kind of put it out there. Because, right. like, there is, like, definitely some, like, really great uh, Feel the Trees vibes going on here. <laughs> uh, that, like, you know, it's super great to have sitting here in, in the studio. Um, but uh, I know you say your drummer uh, modernized you away from dad rock. So, like, what were the four influences that Ryan put down to bring? She wasn't there that day. Oh, she wasn't. She just was an influence. Yeah, <laughs> just just her. Yeah, her way of playing. Yeah. Um, and uh, so you said that the video was shot with um, Eliz. Yeah, and uh, I we weren't there. It was all Eliz's idea. Oh, really? It was all her like conception, and I was just like, yeah, that's. Great, sure. Did you see the final product? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. It's not like one of those things where you're like, ooh, I don't, ooh. Oh, Wish it's we had so been there. beautiful. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Like, she's such a great photographer, and it's like her work. It's just like it. <laughs> she's a man. There's someone I did not think that would continue to be woven in and out of my life. I met her when I was 18. She lived on the floor above me at BU. Oh, really? Yeah, when she was the, uh, she's going to hate this, but the Guster Webmaster. Okay. <laughs> which uh, which she will definitely hate for this. When this when this uh, airs, she'll just be like, "Screw you, man." Uh, but so how does you know what it you know how was it you know working from it's such an interesting thing to give control for and I've always like kind of thought about like bands that are not in the videos you know obviously like they have some presence in it but it's a lot of trust within right. within that so like you know what was the you know conversation or collaboration based on um, you know what you wanted and you know how you uh, kind of put the song together. Um, as the song, not the video, or well, no, I mean, from taking from putting the song together, how that kind of like fed into the video that you were like not physically there with like a close up or you know, yeah, I the mean, band running around. I guess uh, we had talked, shot around the idea of like doing like a road trip video, so it definitely there was an idea that there would be movement in the video, that there's a journey or something, um, and there's an escape. Um, but she changed it quite a lot and made it a lot better. <laughs> she was like, no. Yeah, that's Eliz all, all the way. She's yeah. like, uh, yeah, that's been done. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it's a it's a video about a, a little girl on a paper route. Not a little girl, a teenage girl. I was going to say she just put her kid in it. <laughs> <laughs> she put a bunch of kids in it. She's just like, I've got a, I've got, her kid, yeah. She's like, I've got to host the after school thing, so we're just going to put them in a video. She puts video. her little boy in a wig. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so as the project evolves, I mean, I know you have the, uh, an EP. It's you know what kind of you know uh, comes from that. Is it uh, touring? Is it like running more together? It's like I mean, you've you've all you've both been in such bands, and I'm guessing that you came from bands as well. Yeah. Like now that you, it's kind of like relationships, right? Like you always have like your first love and everything, and then maybe that doesn't work out, and you get older. But like as you kind of like get to older bands, like do you feel like the process comes easier? There's things that you learned, or you know, how does that kind of structure um, or approach change? Everyone's looking at me. <laughs> I mean, you survived the fugue, so like you know. That's that's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think this was definitely like 
faster and easier to just say, I think at this age, everybody's just more like, okay, here's what I would like to do, and here's what I would not like to do. (laughs) It's very clear, like... It's like sex. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. When and when and what we're doing, you know, when we're doing stuff, what we're doing, and, you know, and why. Um, And I don't know, I feel like I'm also just much more comfortable, like, letting letting the pop flag fly <laughs> and that feels really good <laughs> um but i mean like for like letting the pop like fire like or or being more open to suggestions is it more like um you've been ground uh down by previous bands or you uh have more of understanding like maybe we can just try it this way and it's like a, a you know something new that you might not have been open to before in the past oh that's a re- that's a really good way of putting it i think yeah i think now it's more like um it's much more collaborative i think as a young person i don't know about anybody else here that's written music but oh, God, i no, used to exactly. get very sentimentally attached to like ideas just like because i'd had them for a while or because they were there <laughs> <laughs> This and is now, my idea. Exactly. It's like, no, but I've had that since high school. It needs to be the way it is. It's like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I start realizing how many decisions are arbitrary, and I'm so grateful to be in a band with other people that will make those arbitrary decisions also. Because mm. I think in, in the past, mine haven't been collaborative because people just wait for me to tell them what to do. Oh, interesting. So it's like, it's like, just like, okay, this is moving past. Yes, yes, no, 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 yes, no. Okay, now we're on to the next thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. I don't know. This is beyond just like, us being older and, and whatever, I think it's just a good group of people that that mm-hmm. is not overly defensive and just really wants to make good songs. So. Yeah, and I think too, like just coming from another state, uh, something about New York, everyone here is just very like on the ball. I feel like, and so I feel like we're able to get things done quickly, especially because we pay by the hour for our practice fees. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like yeah, we're it's we're gonna get it done, you know, and that's been really nice. Well, I mean, I've you know they always say like from constraint comes the most creativity. If you have like all right. the resources all the time, there's no tension. Right. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to like rally or, or fight against. That's one of you two also mentioned about like you know churning through some band members, which maybe like when you were younger, you're like, oh, here are the four people in the room. We're going to be in a band, and like right. three years later, you're like, I can't believe I just spent three years with that person. I didn't even like them on the first day. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, do you want to play another song for us? Sure. Uh, what's this one? This one's called Stockholm, and it features me singing in really bad French. <laughs> <laughs> Damn capo. I know. I'm not used to it.
made love like we could never last We could never last And I could never I think that you can say that you do something poorly uh, before you do it. I think you have to like let people make their own judge. Like I would have never, I would have never thought anything. And I was like, oh, maybe that is bad. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I played the recording for one of my French friends, and he was like, uh, "You really need to enunciate." Yeah, I mean, that's like, I mean, that's like if I were to like cook for like a three-star chef, he'd be like, "You really need to learn how to cook." So it's like you're yeah, like yeah. setting yourself up for most people. That's like. Yeah, you don't need to say that. <laughs> but my justification for well, you know, I know my French friends will listen, so I have to. Oh, okay. It before. Yeah. Oh, I got it. Oh, okay. Well, then I'm sorry. I, I I apologize on your behalf as well. We're really sorry. But I I think they should also probably apologize to me for many decades of French people singing in terrible accents. Oh yeah, that's true. Okay, yeah. I mean, everyone's at fault here. Uh, so uh, EP uh, out, and then uh, what kind of comes next? Tour? More That's writing? That's a big question, you know. Um, yeah, we, you know, I don't really understand how this business works right now. <laughs> we, we don't have like enough time left in the episode yeah. to talk about that. We're there's some great reading on the internet. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, we're just trying to put out music and, and see what happens. Um, and, you know. It's there. It'll it'll be there real soon. <laughs> okay, that's uh, that, that's vague and open. Yeah. Yeah. Much like most of my life. So. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but any uh, New York shows coming up or anything? The fifth of June, at Sunnyvale is our EP release show, and then I'm gone all summer. So. Oh, where are you off to? France. Oh. <laughs> oh, I I know where you can like get better at this. Yeah. 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 yeah okay. <laughs> Um, well, we want to thank you for coming on the show today. So good to run into you on the subway. Yeah, that was awesome. I mean, if I could run into someone on the subway every day and they'd be like, I have a band for the show, I would like, <laughs> never have to do any work ever again. I was like really hesitant to say hi because it's like the morning. Oh, yeah. But, you know. I mean, I I don't know. I, I, feel, like, I feel like it, it can go <laughs> both ways on that. Like, right. oh, you can read if people are just like, oh, yeah, not today. But, no, I mean, I... It's always. I always still think it's magic that in the city of all these people at a specific time, you chose the same car, even like a specific spot. So it's like right. I, I think that's like a little bit of like New York magic that you run into people oh, yeah. on the subway. The subway churns up people and puts them in your face. It yeah, really does. <laughs> uh, there's a. I mean, there's. I I try to run to a friend who runs at the same time, and every time I try, I never do it. But every time I don't try, it's like a magical morning so thing. Um, so where can people find the EP? Reach out to you, send you grammar lessons. Uh, <laughs> uh, we have a, a Facebook that's Hun New York, H U H N E W 
Y O R K, um, and a band camp under that too. So okay, great. Um, well, thanks for coming on. Uh, what are you going to take us out with? This one's called Anis. Oh, nice. Uh, thanks for listening. We will be back next week.
We talk about food. We talk about music with musical dudes. Finger on the pulse, snacky tunes. This program is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.